Hey guys, what's up? It's Dee, and I wanted to go ahead and get started with these podcasts because I feel like they are really more effective than the Facebook vlogs that I've been currently doing. I get a ton of views, well, not literally a ton, but a couple hundreds, so it makes it like a really nice to know that I'm hoping to put a little impact on some people. I currently am just vlogging, but I wanted to try out this podcast thing and see if it would go further further and see where it would land me um I'm not looking to be like a big name on podcast life but I figured that I could do this podcast you know driving down the road if I need to go or if I'm just sitting at home doing nothing like I am now so for those of you don't know me I am a small town girl who loves the rodeo life who is a barrel racing fanatic i guess you could call me um i'm nowhere near a professional barrel racer my goal is to get my um wpra permit and as soon as i get that filled and run off my pro card but until then i am just doing like little jackpots that i've been doing for so many so many years now I have been doing barrel racing since I was in seventh grade, which is a very long time ago. Um, I roughly have 20 years experience of horses and riding. I started riding when I was seven years old and I got interested in horses because my older sister had a horse and I was just like, I want to try to ride. So I got on her horse and I just absolutely fell in love. And then my parents were like, oh great, we got another one. (laughs) I actually, before I started riding horses, I was the cheerleader, the dancer, the pageant girl. If you guys that know me could believe that, some of you know, some of you don't know. Back then, I would wear dresses and skirts and dress up girly girl life. Um, But these days, you probably could catch me in a big t-shirt, shorts, and flip-flops running around town. Because these days, I just get everything done. I'm always running 90 miles an hour. I barely have time to think. So... Being a barrel racer is like a complete and utter blessing. I absolutely love it and I want to continue to do these podcasts and I hope that I can, you know, try to put an impact on you guys and maybe help somebody in need. Um, I am nowhere near a very productive talker. But if you hang with me long enough, I will bloom. I've actually been practicing with, like I said, the Facebook videos. And a lot of people have given me feedback that they like them. And I figured, well, I'll just take it one step further and do podcast and see how that works. So, here I am. So, like I said, I started barrel racing when I was in 7th grade with my sister. And it, was, it wasn't as competitive as it should have been because we... We didn't always agree on a lot of things, but growing up, what sisters do unless, you know, they just absolutely love each other, which is great. If you have a sister that you love, good. I'm proud of you. But one thing that I wanted to say is that I figured out that by competing with my sister to start with, 
really gave me the boost that I needed to, you know, get started with the whole rodeo thing. And I absolutely loved it. And I continued to do the local rodeo until I was roughly, I think, a junior in high school or the end of my sophomore year. And all my friends, once I hit high school, a lot of my barrel racing friends were like, oh, I'm doing high school rodeo. I'm doing high school rodeo. I'm like, man, guys, I don't have a horse for that. You know, my horse wasn't anything special. She was a quarter horse mare with really long body and short little stubby legs. Her name was Cruiser. And I absolutely love and adore that horse. And I still miss her every single day. Um, no, guys, she did not pass away. She was actually sold to a very loving family that wanted a f- horse that, you know, the husband could ride or their child could ride. And that's what she's doing, as far as I know. So, my other horse, Buddy, he has been with me since he was five years old. So, that was roughly eight years ago. And. He has taken me to more places than I possibly can think of. Won me more money than I could count, probably. Um, and it's actually been a utter and complete blessing because, guys, I have a story to tell. And everybody tells me I need to do podcast or I need to be a coach um, or I need to go and speak, you know, and tell my story so I can, you know, spread the word. So, here's my story, guys. And it only took me five minutes into this podcast to tell you. So, when I was born, I was adopted at birth. But before that, my birth mom was big on drugs and alcohol. And she actually, I guess you could say, took it upon herself and thought that was more important than being pregnant with me. So, when I was born, I started to have the shakes. So, they tested me, and of course, I tested positive for drugs and alcohol. And the doctor told my adoptive parents, you know, you need to watch her when she gets to that age because, you know, she may be addicted to it and not know it until she starts trying. Well, guys, I've been of age, and when I was just turning of age, it wasn't anything. I've never been around drugs. I've been around a bunch of alcohol but I've never been like gimme 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 you know and you know my birth mom was addicted to vodka like bad like if it came down to if she were to keep me if it came down to getting me diapers or whatever I needed or alcohol or liquor or whatever she would go and get alcohol and liquor over me so I probably would have starved over her addiction So, thankfully, she put me up for adoption to a loving, caring family that I absolutely love and adore. And so, growing up, my life changed dramatically when I was very young. I believe it was like six weeks old, maybe six months old, in between that time frame. And my aunt was standing at my crib just watching me be a baby you know crawling all, or like not crawling but you know rolling all over the place you know being a baby and as a baby you want your baby to fully move their arms and legs fully functioning well my right arm my right leg weren't 
acting normal weren't moving normal functioning bending you know curling your fingers as a normal baby would so of course my aunt called my mom over and was like hey we need to get her to a doctor and so my mom watching she goes okay so she called the doctor the doctor's like bring her in we went in and my mom had a million tests run practically every test possible and the doctor finally diagnosed me with what is called right hemiparesis now for you guys that don't know what right hemiparesis is is it is cerebral palsy a mild case of it and it is currently not fully affecting me 27 years later but as a baby my mom was like you know upset and she was angry but you know she knew that with with love and doctors and therapy and whatever else possible she was going to make my life easy so from the time I got diagnosed till I was 18 years old I had therapy physical therapy and occupational therapy for my arm and my leg and with therapy I've actually gotten a lot better I've done so much for myself and growing up you know my parents always wanted to help me and I would let them but when I got to the age and I told them I said mom dad look I love you and I appreciate all your help with helping me do daily activities like brushing my hair getting dressed or brushing my teeth or eating you know I had to always find a different way to do everything because I only had one arm that did everything now you guys can't see me but my I have a full arm fingers hand elbow shoulder the whole it looks normal but my hand is really effective so I spaz daily secondly constantly all day long however you want to word it so you know growing up I finally told my parents that I don't need you to do everything for me. I need to start learning how to do things on my own because you're not always going to be around. When I get older, I'm not going to know how to do this or how to do that if I don't know, you know, if I never figure it out myself. So I started doing things on my own. And yes, I would struggle. I would struggle horribly. And my parents would just stand there and watch me. And they would want to help. But they would just stand there and let me try to figure it out until I said, okay, I can't do this. Help me. And so I did that for a short period of time and I absolutely love the fact that they did this because it it also helped me find ways that I could figure out how to get dressed and how to eat and how to carry things and how to you know whatever it was and (laughs) still kind of tickles me when I think about it but Growing up was tough. I had to learn how to do everything different from other kids. And, you know, when I was little, at school or outside or doing whatever, sometimes I would be the one to get laughed at. Like, hee hee, she can't do that. She can't do this. Well, it eventually, I guess you could say, made me mad enough. And I said, I can't do that. And they're like, no, you can't. I said, okay, watch me. And this one story, it was so funny. I watched all my, you know, friends. I think I was probably like kindergarten, first grade. And 
all the all the kids were doing the monkey bars. And I was just standing there watching, like, I can't do the monkey bars. And then somebody says, ha-ha, you can't do it. Ha-ha, you can't do it. And I looked at my teacher. I said, I want to do the monkey bars. And she goes, do you can't. You can't do the monkey bars. You, Your arm. And I said, no, I want to do the monkey bars. So she called my mom at work. And she told her that I wanted to do the monkey bars. She goes, okay, stand below her and let her try. She's got to try. So I... I tried and guys when I tell you it was absolutely amazing to try and succeed it was it wasn't like rubbing it into the kids face that were laughing at me but they were just like she did it she actually did it with the help of my teacher below me you know holding me but not helping me to the next bar I managed to get all the way across and by the time I got all the way across I was exhausted and as I got older I figured out a way to do it and it was kind of funny because I would grab a bar and then swing and then release and grab the next bar and that was the way I did the monkey bars so my arm got a workout and like I was saying earlier is growing up with paralysis and yes guys I call it paralysis but growing up with my paralysis was very very difficult And having all these challenges that I had to face, um, it actually made me a stronger person. And when I started barrel racing and doing little, little rodeos in town, it's a little livestock club that we used to do, um, that I don't believe is going on anymore. I don't think so. And so we had a mystery class one time. And because what it was, was we had barrel racing, we had goat tying, we had um, Texas barrels, we had pole bending, and then we had a mystery class. And one mystery class was you had the barrel set up, just like the barrel pattern, just a little off pattern. And you come in with this cup, this like red solo cup. And you would run to the first barrel, which there would be a bucket of water on it. And you had to scoop up water, run around, down around the third barrel, and then come back to the the last barrel on the other side, which would be the first barrel. So, they're looking at me like, how are you going to do this? And and steer your horse with one arm. And I, and I was number one, and I was like, guys, knock me down a couple. You know, give me a second to think of how I'm going to do this. Guys, I figured out a way. I put the cup in my mouth. And I grabbed the reins with my good arm. And I ran down. And I dropped the reins. My horse is so good. And I dropped the reins. She thought I still had the reins. And I took the cup out of my mouth. I scooped it. I put it back in my mouth. As I'm continuing to run. And I go around the third barrel. And I come to to the other barrel. To where I dump it in that bucket. And I dumped it in and I ran home. Everybody else ran. And guys, I don't know how I did it. But I won. I took first. I don't know how. And, you know, my parents are in the bleachers going, how is she going to do this? She can't do this. She's going to have to, like, scratch or something. And then I went in there and did that. And the guy next to my dad didn't know that he was my dad. And he told him, he goes, wait, this is the girl that has the paralysis. How is she going to do And he goes, I don't know. Let's find out. Let's just watch. He goes, I'm going to video this because I just want to know. 
and still giggling because the guy still didn't know. And I went in there and I did my thing. And when I finished and they announced my time, my dad just looked at the guy and goes, by the way, that was my daughter. And the guy just like, his jaw hit the ground and he was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that. She's amazing. And they talked for a little bit and then I caught up with my dad and that was that. And, you know, from then on, I just took every challenge by the horns and I told myself, you're going to get through this. You're going to get through this. And so that's what I did is I took every challenge as a day-to-day activity. And so with barrel racing, I always wanted to be the best that I could and compete against the girls that I was competing against. And then once I got good enough, I wanted to compete with higher level girls. And so when I got to be a sophomore in high school, my dad told me, if you want to do high school rodeo next year as a junior and then as a senior again, you have to break 20 seconds in barrel racing. And at the moment, I think I was running like 23, 24 seconds because me and my horse were still figuring it out. And, you know, she just, she didn't have all the go-go juice. Um, And like I told you guys, she's long-bodied and short little stubby legs. So trying to turn that long body with short legs was a lot of work to do. So as time went on, it was just absolutely amazing. And by the end of my sophomore year, it was the last rodeo of the season. It was my last chance to show my dad um, that I could prove it. And I did. I went in there and I ran and I ran I believe a 1989 and it wasn't just a 1999 it was a 1989 I believe if I remember correctly don't hold me to it and when I got done and I went and saw my dad the look on his face was priceless he was just like oh my gosh you just broke it you just broke 20 seconds and I couldn't be any more prouder the next day we signed up for high school rodeo for my junior year and I ran my junior year of high school rodeo and my senior year so that's a little bit about my childhood so I'm going to let you guys go but that was just the start of my story I will share little stories here and there throughout this podcast but I just want to guys give you a little bit of who I am what I do and my day-to-day life so I hope you guys enjoyed this first podcast. If you do, let me know. If you don't, I will stop them immediately. So, thank you and have a great day.